This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. My last podcast was titled, Holy Spirit in You. As I contemplated about this, I knew that I had to talk about one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm doing this podcast, more about the gift of tongues. I talked about speaking in tongues in an earlier podcast. It's titled, Speaking in Tongues. I encourage you to go and listen to it also. I come from a a little bit different perspective in that particular podcast. Someone might ask, is the gift of tongues still being given to believers today? Are they for anyone, or are they for just special people or occasions? What type of languages are used for this gift? Let's do some biblical discovery about the gift given to the people of God some 2,000 years ago. The New Testament was written primarily in Greek. The Greek word glossia is translated into the English word tongue. Glossia is simply the word that we use for our tongue in our mouth, but it's often referred to as a reference to speech. I would like to make a couple of points uh, to set the stage for this podcast. Number one, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not in the business of updating the Bible and its basic principles and commandments. In fact, to solidify this point, he said in Mark 13, 31, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Also, at the close of the biblical revelation, John says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from the book of this prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which is described in this book. Wow. Um, I would not want to be a translator of the book of Revelation. Uh, Honestly, I think it really applies to the whole book because the Bible is God's Word, and we have no business changing it. Anyway, my point is, is that God is not changing with every whim of society or current belief systems. After some serious changes to one of the translations that's pretty popular in America, I read the Bible translator's statement because there was some controversy about what they were saying. I was shocked what he said. He said that they... Uh, the Bible has to keep up with the changes in society. To me, that was pretty shocking. I would not want to be that person or that group of people who translated that. I would not want to be in their shoes when I stand before the king. As we get back, uh, look back in history, other powerful people and their followers have wanted to change the Bible. And some have temporarily attack the meaning of the scriptures. But in the long run, all these people have died, and some are still alive, but they're going to die, and so will their followers. And Jesus' word will continue to be the solid rock for those who will take it by faith. The second point is, we have to take the scriptures in context and interpret them with a whole Bible perspective. We can't just take one scripture and make life decisions on that one scripture. 
We need to know how God loves and deals with people through the centuries in the context of the whole Bible and the context of that specific scripture. The Bible, in many cases, will have corresponding scriptures to solidify a point, and it's important that we look for those. So let's get started with our subject. The only verse I've heard used to say that the gift of tongues has ended is a single verse in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. But when we read the context of that whole scripture, for example, verses 8 through 12, we get a different picture. Here, let me read verses 8 through 12 of 1 Corinthians 13. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am known fully. With the Apostle Paul's resume of service to the Lord, I would have to say, if he only knew in part when he wrote this, I can deduct that we only know in part also. I believe this is talking about us going to heaven. We will know the spiritual realm fully because we'll be there. I don't know anyone throughout history that knows everything about God and heaven. Has completeness come to your life, to your family, maybe to a country? No, the context doesn't fit. Prophecy, tongues, or knowledge has ceased. In fact, just in the next chapter, Paul even says in 1 Corinthians 14.5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. The church still needs to be edified. Speaking in tongues is still a gift for today. Let's now go to the first time tongues are mentioned in Acts 2, 1-4. I'll read the verses. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So much to unpack in this uh, four scriptures. But let's stay on the subject of tongues. Jesus had earlier promised that the Holy Spirit would come to baptize us in the Holy Spirit, and give us power to be a witness. As Holy Spirit manifested this Pentecost day, all of the 120 believers spoke in about 16 human languages that they had not learned naturally. They were declaring the wonders of God. 
This supernatural event attracted thousands of Jews to hear the preaching of the gospel in the Holy Spirit power. The next example is Peter is invited to Cornelius' home. He's a Roman commander or a centurion in Acts 10, 44 through 47. It gives us an account as Peter is preaching the gospel. The scripture says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized in water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Paul goes on to a town in Ephesus sometime later in Acts chapter 19, 4 through 6. Paul says, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That's in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. We can talk about a few other examples, like Paul's baptism in the Holy Spirit and that he spoke in tongues. He mentions that specifically. Also, at the Church of Corinth in chapters 12, 13, and 14, Paul is teaching them about speaking in tongues. So there was many who were baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues in Corinth. And there's also one more example for the Samaritans. But I hope by this point that you see that everyone who was baptized in the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues. And you can too. Speaking in tongues is not a learned language. It is a spontaneous manifestation of Holy Spirit. Remember Acts chapter 2 at the end of verse 4. It says, as the Spirit enabled them. God is not a respecter of persons. He treats everyone exactly the same. It doesn't matter your race, your sex, your background, your your societal status, etc., etc. It's not about you. But there are some stipulations that anyone can meet. The question is, do you want to meet these stipulations? I can't begin to tell you all the excuses I've heard. Excuses because they are simply not willing to seek God until they are baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. So let's talk about the stipulations. The first one, a person must be a born-again believer in Christ. This means that we have surrendered our will to obey Christ in all that He calls us to do. This motivation is not out of duty, but it is out of love for Him. Very important point. Our motivation needs to be love. Number two, as with everything, God requires faith. In this case, we need to read the Bible, study it, and to understand what God is saying about speaking in tongues in the Bible. This is something everybody can do. It's really a choice. Am I going to study? Am I going to read? Am I going to understand what God says about tongues in the Bible? This may take some time and seeking and listening for the Holy Spirit to confirm the matter. It took months for me to finally trust that speaking in tongues was for me. 
I was baptized in the Holy Spirit about, um, I don't know, six or eight months, maybe less than that, four to six months before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I didn't speak in tongues right away. My two buddies sitting next to me who were being prayed for at the same time, they spoke in tongues right away, but I didn't. It took some time for me to get over some, some things in my heart, but eventually, within a few months, I was speaking in tongues. Another stipulation is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a blocker. Uh, Matthew six fourteen through 15 For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is incredibly important. We have to forgive people who have done us wrong. And when you forgive, you you break any wrath or any retribution that, that you would want. You say, I'm done. God will take care of it all. I forgive, and you treat them as if they are forgiven. I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but if if people are abusing you, you, you have to forgive them. But that doesn't mean you have to stick around them. That doesn't mean that you have to put up with their, their problems if they come against you again and again. You can stay away from them. Okay, so another subject for another time. Another stipulation is, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us for our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Listen, I know this is a no-brainer, but if we have sin in our life, that stops God from doing certain things. What he wants to do is he wants to get rid of that sin, and he tells us to confess it and get it out of our lives. The last stipulation I'll talk about is a big one to me. I heard a pastor one time in uh, Gulfport, Mississippi say, one of the most important things in our life is our desire to serve God. I remember that to this very day. And I think that's a big one in the stipulations about speaking in tongues, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yep, it's, it's really a big deal. We have to decide. I believe God's hand is open, reaching out to us with all the promises that he's given. In turn, we are to ask him, seek him, not the gift, but seek him, and we will find every promise is true that comes from the Lord. Are you interested? Read through the book of Acts. Highlight all the scriptures that talk about speaking in tongues. And I I know it's really married to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So look these up. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. Ask other spirit-filled believers about their testimony. Ask the Lord and don't stop until you are satisfied. One last point I'd like to get to that uh, I mentioned in the beginning There are uh, two different languages when you speak in tongues. We went over one really well. It's human languages. God uses human languages when we speak in tongues, uh, languages, obviously, that we haven't learned. But 1 Corinthians 13 also says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. So Paul is bringing up two different types One is, of course, speaking in a human language, and the other one is speaking in the language of angels. 
This is a spiritual language. Our spirit is speaking to the Lord, who is spirit. Read 1 Corinthians 14. It really breaks down that it is a spiritual language, that you are speaking from your spirit to the Lord. This is the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to visit me at thecleansoul.org.